Thank you, Crossroads Community Church, for inviting me to worship with you this morning and to share my heart for Haiti and specifically the work that New Life for Haiti is doing. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to be here and especially to see some of you friends who have become like a family over the last couple of years. I would like to start this morning by saying a huge thank you to Crossroads Community Church for a large donation that you all made last year about this time to our Village of Hope Orphanage construction project. Thank you to, thanks to your donation, the Village of Hope Orphanage was opened in September of 2018 and has been named the Crossroads Home for Girls in your honor. New, can we have a round of applause for that? It is just awesome. New Life for Haiti is so incredibly appreciative of the instrumental role that Crossroads played in the rescuing of 12 girls. And there they are up on the screen. If you can find the tallest girl in the red and white dress, I'm going to tell you their names because I think that's important. Their names are Milan, Lena, Benchika, Ashley, Rose, Wismin, Natanael, Lovencia, Fania, Jennifer, Samanid, and Sherlene. And pictured with them are the two loving mamas that care for the girls, Sarah Dimash and Madame Lavis. As you can see, your gift of support to the Crossroads Home for Girls allowed New Life for Haiti to build 12 orphan girls a beautiful home, complete with six sets of bunk beds and a dining room table <clears throat> that seats 14 people, for most of these girls, this was the first time they had ever slept on a mattress, the first time they'd gone to school, and the first time they'd felt safe in their whole life. The girls are going to school, and they are flourishing. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your support with this huge project. So I was here last at Crossroads in November of 2017, and I'd like to say thank you to some people from Crossroads that helped New Life for Haiti with some important work since then. Right after I left Crossroads from my last visit, this group of guys went down to Haiti and put the roof on our pavilion, which has become an important multi-use building where we do quite a bit of ministry and, and where quite a bit of ministry takes place. And thanks to these hardworking men for their dedication to this project, and here are some pictures from the faithful guys that were on that team. You know any of them? They look like a fun bunch, don't they? <laughs> Thanks to the hard work of that pavilion roofing team, New Life for Haiti has been able to use the pavilion now for all sorts of ministry, including our November 2018 medical clinic. Dr. Dustin Ellis, who's in the house, and a team of 16 medical professionals were able to see and treat over 500 patients in a three-day clinic. We are so grateful for their tireless work during the week of the clinic. One more way that New Life for Haiti has been blessed by the pavilion roofing is that it also allowed us to close in one end of that building to create the Village of Hope Orphanage School. Thanks to a generous donor, we were able to build a school for our 12 orphan girls that is literally just down the hill from their house. There are two adults in the classroom with the 12 girls, one teacher and one assistant. And the neat thing about the teacher is that she is an orphan herself, so she truly understands where these girls are coming from. 
As you can see, New Life for Haiti has been busy, but that's not all. I have a short video I'd like to show you to give you some more details about other projects we've had going on. This last year has been a busy one for New Life for Haiti. Here's what you all accomplished. In November, the medical team saw over 500 patients and treated hypertension, various infections, and high fevers. No doubt saving lives had they not made it to the clinic. The next month, a team roofed the pavilion. This building will be used as a one-room schoolhouse and church space for the new Village of Hope. It will also be home to the medical clinic, which occurs once a year. In January, Director Fran Lehman held a pastor's conference to help pastors see Jesus' teachings in a new light and from a different perspective than how they had been led to believe. Additionally, volunteers collected over 3,000 pairs of shoes, and one particular volunteer, Julie Wilson, with the help of her granddaughters, collected over 2,000 pairs of those shoes. Meanwhile, three students from Dort College in Iowa came along to conduct a care and breeding of goats program for 40 people. In March, a four-member team took updated photos of all 300 kids in the child sponsorship program. All kids' photos are updated every year. A five-member team in June led a teacher training seminar to help Haitian teachers learn more engaging and effective methods of teaching to help kids love learning. In July, a family of three painted the entire Kaibo Rivier house with the help of local Haitians. And after months of planning, a hard-working team came down in August to roof the first phase of the Village of Hope Orphanage. This team went above and beyond by not only building the roof, but all of the other furniture as well. Last month, Amy Cheney trained the new house mamas that they will be taking care of 12 new residents of the Village of Hope. We are forever grateful for all of your support this past year. You have helped change the lives of the people in the Grandons River Valley. Since this video was made in October of last year, New Life for Haiti has continued tirelessly working to minister and serve children and families in the Grandons River Valley. I'd like to show you a few more pictures, if that's okay. In November of 2018, as I mentioned earlier, New Life for Haiti held its annual medical clinic. Over 500 patients were treated for many different illnesses, both chronic and acute, and several surgeries were performed. Over 800 people received medication for deworming, which is a common problem in the rural areas of Haiti where we work. The life of one little boy was saved when our team treated his compound fracture from a motorcycle accident, then emptied their own pockets to pay for his hospitalization and surgery. In December of last year, thanks to the generosity of Crossroads and Lifeline, 14,000 meals were distributed to families in the Marfranc area. Additionally, over 11 elderly and disabled folks in the community and orphans from two different orphanages were given a Christmas meal. I know you have another Lifeline meal packing event today at Crossroads, and I think that's great. So many people were helped by donating just a couple hours of time. In late December 2018 and early January 2019, a well was dug on the property of the School of Hope in the community of Rivier Mawo. This is a community that has never had access to clean drinking water. They've been using the same river for washing their clothes, 
dishes, bodies, and animals, and for drinking and cooking. Last October, tragically, we lost one of our kindergartners at the School of Hope to cholera, before this well was there. Anyone who lives in the surrounding area is welcome to use the well, so it will literally save hundreds of lives in the next several years. In January of this year, three American pastors led a semi-annual conference for Haitian pastors and their wives. The Haitian church, like many institutions in Haiti, suffers from the abuse of power, harsh legalism, and often the fear of authority in the church. The purpose of this conference is to bring love and encouragement to Haitian pastors, as well as inspire them to know and worship a loving Savior and pass that on to the people they serve. Later in January of this year, I brought a team of 12 to Haiti, five of whom were young women between the ages of 16 and 21. It was a blessing to serve alongside this team, which cheerfully painted the interior of Caibo Rivier, our staff and team's house, by night and conducted a vacation Bible school-like program for four different groups of children by day. The message of the good news of Jesus was taught, at times to children who had never heard it before, in fun ways, skits, songs, crafts, and stories. Several children made the decision to trust Jesus as their Savior, and it was an incredible week. In February of this year, our construction team spent a couple weeks building a storage depot and carport on the property of Caibo Rivier. The building is now providing secure storage for our building materials and protection from the elements for our vehicles. In March of 2019, thanks to donations from LifeSpring Church in Plainfield, Illinois, L'Eglise de Dieu in Christ was rebuilt after being destroyed by Hurricane Matthew in October of 2016. This is the church that is pastored by the mother of two of our employees, Jacqueline and Wesley. Last month, New Life for Haiti was busy building two new homes for two families. These two families had been squatting on the property that New Life for Haiti acquired for the Village of Hope Orphanage campus. However, they had been our neighbors for 10 years. Because New Life for Haiti cares for these families and didn't want to see them displaced, we took a break from construction on the Village of Hope campus, purchased new pieces of property for both these families, and built them each a new home. We are grateful that they have been good neighbors the last 10 years, and we will miss seeing their families next door. This month, our construction team has once again been busy putting a two-classroom addition on the School of Hope. This addition will allow the School of Hope to continue growing next year to accommodate 150 students in grades kindergarten through fourth. Many of the children who attend school here are awaiting sponsors for our child sponsorship program. If you're interested in sponsoring one of these children, please talk to me after the service. We are so thankful for the partnership Crossroads has nurtured with New Life for Haiti and the love that you have shown our Haitian brothers and sisters. Just like a family would do, however, we must ask for your prayers for the country of Haiti that we love. Just this week, New Life for Haiti made the decision to postpone two different teams of people that were scheduled to travel with us to Haiti in June and July. We are so sorry that Elisa, Keila, and Barbara will not be able to go to Haiti this summer as planned due to, un to 
political unrest, and economic instability. And if you don't mind, I would like to spend a few minutes speaking to the reasons behind that. As you can see, during the last 18 months, since I visited Crossroads in November of 2017, God has been working and moving in big ways in the Grandance River Valley through New Life for Haiti. I've shown you many pictures of wonderful work, people whose lives are being changed and given hope for the first time, and the love of Christ manifested in many ways. But the reality is that Haiti, as a nation, is suffering immensely and desperately needs our help and prayers. During the last four months, I have been asked many times, what's going on in Haiti? And why are things so bad right now? They are valid questions because people are concerned for their sponsored kids and for the ability of our ministry to continue. I've explained that although the area where New Life for Haiti works, which is called Marfranc, is calm and quiet, and all our schools and children are safe, and ministry is continuing steadily as it always has, in places like Port-au-Prince, the capital city through which our teams must pass to get where we minister, there has been a lot of unrest. In February of this year, the U.S. State Department raised the travel advisory to a level four, the highest warning level, in response to political demonstrations, some of which turned violent. The travel advisory has stayed at that level since then, and due to the ongoing incidents of crime and political unrest, mostly in the Port-au-Prince area, inflation has soared, the economy has tanked, and food costs have risen almost 40%. This has necessitated New Life for Haiti having to post post teams until it is safe to bring them back. As you can imagine, those of us at the core of New Life for Haiti have spent quite a bit of time thinking about and praying for this crisis Haiti is facing right now and having many discussions about the best way to intervene and help with actions in the best interest of the Haitian people and motivations that go beyond our goals or our need for significance. We are very obviously, we have very obviously reached the consensus that we must act because doing nothing is not an option. However, we have learned over the last 13 years of doing ministry in Haiti that interventions by well-meaning organizations can drive Haiti in one of two directions. It can move people toward personal empowerment, increasing their capacity, fostering opportunities for ownership, focusing on assets, or it can move them toward personal entitlement, increasing their vulnerability, fostering dependency, and focusing on needs. While good intentions are typically focused on the former, far too often the outcomes have led to the latter. The root problem with the political situation in Haiti is that it has both broken people and broken systems. Of course, this is true in every country of the world, including our own. Sometimes it's a case of broken people working in a fairly good system. In other cases, there are honorable people working in a broken system. The heart of the problem, though, comes when money and power are presented to people who are both broken and living in a broken system 
because it inevitably leads to abuse of both power and money. And that's exactly what's going on in Haitian politics right now. And I know that talking about politics, especially in church, is a no-no, so I'll handle this topic gingerly. But from a political standpoint, conservatives tend to want to focus on broken people, and liberals tend to want to focus on broken systems. And the fact of the matter is that if we really want to address the root problem of the brokenness in Haiti, we are required to use both of these approaches. The bottom line, though, is that we cannot let a political platform drive us. We must actually be driven by God and his word. So you know what we Christians always go back to when we talk about brokenness, right? It all goes back to Adam and Eve. Poor Adam and Eve, but it's true. When Adam and Eve chose a path apart from God's will for their lives, sin entered the world through their act of disobedience. Most of us have known this since we were children. Sin leads to separation in four foundational ways. Separation from God, from each other, with others, and the rest of creation. And separation caused by sin is something that these days we refer to as brokenness. And brokenness is really tricky because it's something we often, although not always, bring on ourselves. In Haiti's case, brokenness has a multitude of causes, of course, some of which, like its roots in a post-slavery culture, are by no fault of its own. And others, like the abuse of power and money, Haiti has brought on itself. For the sake of what we're talking about today, I'm going to call the matter of brokenness in Haiti poverty of being. I'm using the word poverty, poverty not so much in an economic manner, although you probably know that Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And we also know that wealthy people who focus purely on accumulating wealth and measuring success from a worldly perspective can be just as miserable as those who have nothing at all. But when I'm talking about poverty of being, I'm talking about something that is entirely different. We see poverty of being when people fail to see themselves as created in the image of God. And there are two kind of extremes of poverty of being. On the one hand, you have people who think too highly of themselves, and instead of being an image bearer of God, they begin to see themselves as gods with a little g. This is where the abuse of power and money comes in. They, they're wrongly exercising sovereignty, control, and power over other people. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there are people who think too lowly of themselves, who see themselves as less than image bearers of God. And tragically, they fail to see their own dignity, worth, and value. The dignity, worth, and value that every human being possesses. And what results is a shame-driven culture where work is replaced by entitlement and dignity is replaced with dependency and where people are considered less than human in a system of cultural hierarchy. So what is the solution to this mess in Haiti? Some say it is to have the current president resign. But there are no guarantees that his successor will be any less broken or create any less broken systems. 
And on top of that, replacing leadership is not striking the root. It's really just trimming the branches. And this chopping away of the leaves of the weed only and not the root has resulted in generations of corrupt leadership in Haiti. So what is the solution? Well, it's the one and only foolproof agent of change that has the transforming power to perform heart surgery, ridding people of selfish ambition for personal gain and enabling them to serve selflessly, love sacrificially, and give generously so that others might flourish in the goodness of God's kingdom. And we all know that only Jesus Christ has that transforming power. Brokenness, both in Haiti and in the rest of the world, has first and foremost to be addressed by the only thing that can truly change a person, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This past Wednesday, I spoke at a chapel service at Trinity Christian School in Shorewood, Illinois, which is a school where I taught for eight years before coming to work with New Life for Haiti. I had many former students in the audience who remembered when I asked them, after all these years, something I taught them when they were in my classroom, the definition of the word love. Every year with my second graders, I spent a whole unit in Bible class teaching them that love was not hugging and kissing. Love is not hearts, presents, roses, engagement rings, lovey-dovey stuff. No. I taught them that love is putting others first. Following after the example that Jesus showed us. On Wednesday, when I asked the question, what is love, in chapel, I was astounded when so many kids in the audience answered, love is putting others first. They remembered after all this time. Why? Because that's the essence of love. And it's also what we need to realize about Haiti. Until people are reconciled to the one they were created to be, through a personal, right relationship with God, they will continue to put themselves first and others last. However, once they come to know and understand the love and hope of Jesus Christ, the elevation of self will cease, and the elevation of others can begin. So what is the bottom line? When the riches of the gospel become treasured in the heart, Poverty of being is transformed to make a person fully equipped to transform those around them to flourish as human beings. That is what Haiti really needs. In fact, that is what the world really needs, isn't it? And that is what New Life for Haiti is working so hard to do in the Grandance River Valley, to bring the transforming message of the gospel and evidence to people who are forgotten by the world's standards that God has not indeed forgotten them. The good news is that broken countries, broken systems, and broken people are not without hope of repair. Charles Spurgeon once said, is it not a curious thing that whenever God means to make a man great, he always breaks him into pieces first? In spite of my impatience to get our teams back into Haiti, 
I honor and respect the sovereignty of God in the way that he is working even now in Haiti. I have faith that when the dust settles, as it always has for the last 13 years, during which New Life for Haiti has been there, God will have worked in all these things for the good of those who love him. So for now, we will be patient in this storm, waiting on God to accomplish his good and perfect will in Haiti and in us, and we will embrace the brokenness of Haiti in love and prayer. As Larry Crabb said in his book, Shattered Dreams, when brokenness is disdained, where the real story is never told, the power of God is not felt. Where brokenness is invited and received with grace, the gospel comes alive with hope. And so we invite God into our brokenness, into the brokenness of the world, and into the brokenness of Haiti. We thank Crossroads Church for so profoundly sharing in our ministry to the lost and forgotten children and families in the Grandance River Valley of Haiti. And we encourage you to join us in sponsoring just one child to give him or her the only hope for the future that they may have. Only $34 a month. What it might cost for you to bring your family of four to McDonald's for lunch is all it takes to pay for a child's Christian school tuition, his books, uniform and shoes, vitamins and food at school, and emergency medical care should an emergency arise. You can make the difference in the life of a child by praying for and writing letters of encouragement to your child. You may even have an opportunity to visit your child someday in Haiti. I will be available at the table in the back as you leave this morning. We would love to have you join us as a sponsor. And finally, I'd like to say a great big thank you to all of you Crossroads folks who already sponsor children. If you sponsor a child, you should see their picture up on the screen. These children are all sponsored by Crossroads folks. Your gift of sponsorship is so inspiring. Together, you are very literally changing the lives of almost 30 children, helping to end the cycle of poverty for their families, providing hope for the future, and sharing the love of Christ with them from many miles away. We are also very grateful for your generosity and kindness and for how you've answered the call of the Lord to do like it says in Psalm 10, verse 14, to see the trouble of the afflicted. You have seen and you have responded, and we are so very, very thankful. And speaking of being thankful, I would like you to know how grateful I am for the invitation to worship with you this morning. I always love coming to Crossroads and feel welcomed and blessed here. Thank you for having me, and I hope to talk with you and meet those of you I have not yet met after the service. Thank you.